This podcast contains sexual themes and is intended for open-minded adults. If you're under the age of 18, you should stop listening now. You're listening to Sharing is Caring. In this podcast, we talk openly about our journey into the lifestyle, about opening our relationship and our lives to a whole new way of thinking. Come and share our adventures into sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Sharing is Caring. I'm Kiwi. And I'm Sherry. Happy Easter everyone. Happy Easter. We just got back from our long weekend over in Wales and it's super sunny. We've got our cider, we're relaxing on the couch, doing our podcasting. Eating chocolate. Eating chocolate. Oh, so I've had so much chocolate this weekend. Like sugar overload. I think I might have had more than you, you did. <laughs> it's so warm actually. I think it's about 27 degrees. It it's, feels like summer. Yeah, it does feel like summer. So we're podcasting naked. So we had a false start with the podcasting. <laughs> You know, we got all set up and ready to go and then we got distracted and now it's now it's actually getting late and it's cooling down but no uh, let's stay naked we can do this <laughs> or can we oh short <laughs> intermission we'll be right back <laughs> all right so we'll do a catch-up of our easter on next episode uh there won't be as long a wait between episode six and seven we promise hopefully hopefully I've made a promise now, I can't break it. Uh, so you may have noticed that we haven't been as active over the last few weeks, and that's something we're going to talk about today. Swinger burnout and taking a break. We'll talk about our break, some common issues for swinger burnout, challenges when you're facing swinger burnout, and also a couple suggestions on how you can avoid burnout. But first of all, our catch-up. Yay! Really exciting news. Oh, yes. I got a new telescopic microphone arm, which like clips to the side of the table. So now I can podcast while I'm sitting back on the couch, having my beer or cider. How awesome is that? It's super lazy, but super awesome. That's not exactly the news I was thinking about. It's still pretty great, though. Yeah, but that's not that one. So, yeah, uh, the other news, we've booked our trip to Cap Dag for this August. So for those who of you, you who don't know, Cap Dagd is this kind of nudist resort in the south of France. It's not really a resort. It's more like a, a whole village, a nudist village in the south of France. Yeah, I think the population goes up to 40,000 people during peak season. It sounds incredible. I mean, that so many people would be there. Yeah. The place is incredible. We know it because we've been, but they've got 40,000. Yeah, they've got convenience stores. They've got a bank. bank. I've got everything you need. So we say it's a nudist village, but it's very much... Naughty nudist. Yeah, naughty nudist. That's a good way to put it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much more focused on the swinger crowd. So during the day is nudist, yeah, but there's lots of stores selling During outfits. the day, it's children-friendly. We, we've seen quite a few children around, which I was a bit shocked about. But during the day, it's very much um, soft and tamed. Yeah, because it's still illegal to have sex in public technically in the public places and when you say there's children around there's not it's not like it's a family vacation place it's no but more... we've seen some which was surprising but we've seen quite a few families remember yeah yeah there are quite a few but it's not like there's heaps and heaps of them it's not your recommended place to bring your kill your kids that's for sure no <laughs> 
but after dark the new face of the place everyone comes out to play it's amazing it's transformed once the sun goes down people are no longer naked people are dressed up in lingerie and sexy outfits or cross-dressing mm. or just whatever leather, yes a lot kinky of leather. outfits bdsm there's a bit of everything yeah and all the clubs start up there's a lot of bars and clubs around yeah good music uh pools for dancing yep yeah mm-hmm. and we we stayed last time when we went there twice we won't go into too much depth we stayed in an apartment once and we stayed in a hotel yep the second time yeah mm. it was uh, le jardin d'eden yes and that's jardin d'eden la jardin d'eden <laughs> <laughs> and that's a um libertine hotel it was so good so libertine hotel pretty much means couples that, only yeah, to start with couples only anything goes so it's similar to desire it's not all inclusive and it's not the hotel that we went to wasn't as large as desire or as lush by the look of it but it was very very sexy mm. i thought it was quite lush oh it was, it, it was definitely lush but not i think on the desire level not that i've been to desire yet not yet anyway this time we booked at a different place called le jardin de babylon um the so garden of babylon yes it's a sister hotel to le jardin d'eden they're, they're they're part of the same kind of group so if you have um, a room in one you can go to the other for the parties or different events you're supposed to be able to en- enter aren't you Yep, so you can go back and forth between the two. So there's a pool party which happens at Babylon. So if you're staying at Eden, you can go to the Babylon pool party and vice versa. You can go check out the pool at Eden because I think it's slightly better. The pool at Eden is better, according to you? I think uh, so. It was bigger at Babylon, like where we had the party. It was huge. Yeah, that's it's true. It's a different atmosphere. It's more relaxed in uh, Eden. Yep. And more crowded and younger not not younger but the atmosphere is more well because we only went to the party as well so the atmosphere was a bit crazy there yeah i think that might be <laughs> skewing our view of it but we spoke to some people or we've spoken to people who have stayed in both and we've actually been told that they prefer babylon so bonus we'll try yeah. it out this time well, well we'll see how it goes it's all it's all booked anyway oh yeah and the booking system was a bit uh, special wasn't it you you were complaining about it the other day Yeah, there's no way you can actually book online. You have to send in your booking request and wait for them to respond and then send them a whole of details. So it's back and forth a few times. Yeah, and uh, like print and sign the paper and all that. But I think the reason is that you might have people who don't really know about Cap d'Ag, like tourists who want to go to the south of France. They see this hotel, they look at a few pictures. Oh, it looks nice. I'll book it on well, bookings.com or whatever. And then they arrive and they realize it's actually a naughty nudist resort. Um, what a yeah. pleasant surprise. <laughs> Better avoid this kind of um, inconvenience. So their <laughs> system is kind of a, a vetting system always. Um, almost for them yeah i guess it is a first layer of vetting so they can make sure that people actually know what they're booking i wonder what desire and hedonism are like i i looked this morning on a uh, takeover of desire and that was send requests as well it wasn't just book a room oh here you go so i wonder if that's just for the takeover or if that's in general that might be something with uh swinging swinging hotels yeah makes sense 
You're very curious about desire, aren't you? Yeah, I'd love to go to desire. It sounds really good. I've heard so many podcast reviews and That's the like thing. Podcasts. We we listen to a lot of podcasts from the US where they all go there for their holidays. So, um, of course, it makes us want to discover it as well. Oh, maybe my birthday. You never know. <laughs> but the worst part about booking um, Avalon, oh. they don't take American Express. So all my points, you know, working towards a companion fare, it's almost not even worth booking now. <laughs> well, you know what? You can spend on something else. <laughs> spend on me. <laughs> so yeah, we booked for the... I'm just trying to find the dates. I've got them here. I promise. So we booked arriving on Saturday the 17th of August and we're leaving the following Sunday the 25th of August. So if you're planning to, to come to Cap Dag during that period, please get in touch. We'd love to meet more listeners. Yeah, that would be great. We can have a drink and who knows. <laughs> And if you've never been to Cape Dag before and you're actually considering it, and it's definitely worth the trip. Highly recommend Yeah, we're going to do an entire episode where we'll talk about our first experience at Cap at some point in the future. But if you're considering booking for this summer and you don't want to wait for our episode, um, don't hesitate to send us a message. We'll happily discuss this with you and share some of our experiences. Yep. So that's Saturday the 17th to Sunday the 25th. Oh, it would be so cool to meet people who listen to the podcast. That would be really cool. Even if Babylon's full, there's lots and lots of apartments and other hotels there. And you don't have to stay at one of the hotels. The apartments are really, really good. We had a great time at the apartments. Yeah, it was amazing. It was such a big flat as well for a cheap price. So, as we said a bit earlier, you may have noticed that we've been a little less active on Twitter and chats and responding lately. And that's not because we don't love you. Well, we do love you all. That's because we've been a bit swamped with life and just general things. Yeah, not not lifestyle things, just normal life things. Some of it is our own fault because we've been booking lots of different activities, especially me. I have to admit, I like my <laughs> theatre. I like my um, shows and immersive dinners. And, and you like your weekend holidays. Yeah, we went to Paris last week. No, the weekend before last, which was great. Yeah, so we've been we've been really busy uh, doing a lot of different things. It was fun. Yeah, but some of it's also come unexpectedly out of the blue, and it's things which we hadn't prepared for in our calendar. So suddenly, the free time which we did have has been consumed, and it's just been a lot of extra stress of those things filling up the time that we we wanted to dedicate to each other and to other people. Yeah, and of course, there's work, which is. Oh, a bummer. We need to win the lotto. Yeah, we need to win the lottery. First, we need to buy a ticket, but we need to win. <laughs> so as a result, when we have actually had free time, we've been dedicating it to each other rather than chatting and flirting and arranging meets and going on meets and that sort of thing. Oh, what do you mean? We've been chatting and flirting and arranging meets between the two of us. <laughs> Oh, can I bring you out on a date? Yes, please. I might be able to bring you home and do something to you. <laughs> oh, don't uh, count your eggs. Uh, no, don't count your chickens. <laughs> oh, I can never do the expressions right. <laughs> don't count your chickens before they're, they've hatched. And that was a prime example of our excellent flirting skills. <laughs> so, hello out there. <laughs> if you like what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's okay. The Kiwi accent, French accent. We can we can do this. 
yeah, as fun as it is to flirt with people and message people and everything, it does consume a lot of time and energy. Yes, and we generally get you to do it. I know. Why is that? You get you get the guy who's dyslexic to do all the communications. That's how is that fair? Uh, well, I'd say that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, well ah, done. I got this one right. I guess it sort of evolved that way naturally. Everything was on my phone because you didn't want to put it on your work phone. And then you just don't really want to put in as much effort to people, a wide range of people, before you've actually met them and get to know them and put a name to a face. Yeah, I'm just lazy. <laughs> I was trying to say it nicely, but... That's okay, I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. Saying that we're on a break from lifestyle activities is probably a bit strong. No, it wasn't a voluntarily, um, voluntary, voluntary. <laughs> oh my God, I really can't speak. It wasn't a voluntary break. It was, um, it wasn't a conscious choice we made. It just happened naturally. Yeah, we go through periods of doing more and doing less. And at the beginning of the year, we definitely were doing a lot. Oh, so much. I think it was every week we were doing at least one thing. A meet or a club or another meet. Which was really, really fun. It was fun. But lately in the last several weeks, we've been doing a lot less. And it's really, it's a waxing and waning of the lifestyle. It's like a, like a wave. Sometimes you do more, sometimes you do a lot less. Yeah. And it's a real shame because it has happened at a quite inconvenient time. We've had to turn down quite a few offers um, from people we really want to meet, like meet for the first time or see again. Yeah, yeah, that's a real shame about the timing. But it is what it is. Hopefully the opportunities will come up and we'll actually speak about that in our main topic. Mm. From other people we've been speaking with, it sounds like it's very common for them to have the same uh, thing happen to them. So listeners, let us know if uh, if you're in the lifestyle, if you also had this kind of slump before. Yeah. So our main topic for today is lifestyle burnout and taking a break. From lifestyle activities. For our main topic, we're going to talk about causes for lifestyle burnout, a couple of challenges that you can face when you're experiencing lifestyle burnout, and also a few thoughts on how to avoid lifestyle burnout. So what are some common causes for lifestyle burnout? Well, normal life causes, as in if you're feeling a bit sick, like your normal cold or worse disease, I suppose, but generally it's you have a winter cold. That is true, because when you're getting a cold, you're really, I don't know, myself speaking from personal experience, I feel like I'm really low energy leading into it. Man flu. Man flu. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, sure. You wouldn't understand. I mean... You women don't have to go through any real pain. No, we don't have pain. <laughs> we don't experience any. <laughs> but it's it really saps your energy, not just for the few days or week or two weeks that you're sick. Either side of it, it really takes it away. Plus, if you're in the lifestyle, you don't really want to go and play with Spread people it around. when you're sick. Yeah, it's it's kind of good etiquette when you're <laughs> when you're sick to not make other people sick. Yeah, it's just like in a. In some countries in Asia, they wear those masks, face masks, when they have a cold so they don't spread it around. Really? I thought that was just to prevent breathing pollution. No, no, no. They do that when they have a cold. Oh. Un- unless I'm super mistaken. Maybe we should Google that before we leave it in the podcast. Okay. So I don't, I don't spread some 
sort of sort no, of it's facts. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Other causes that we haven't experienced yet uh, would be pregnancy and childbirth. I think that would put a big pause on lifestyle activities. Although pregnancy, you, you can still play when you're pregnant. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say not necessarily pregnancy because I actually, for one, find pregnant women quite attractive. Like it's, I wouldn't call it a, a fetish or a, even a kink, but I think pregnant women are quite sexy. And you know, from time to time, when I look at porn, I look. I don't at think you're alone. I think a lot of um, pregnant women experience uh, a surge of interest from men. When they're obviously pregnant, so yeah, it's it's a thing. So yeah, but childbirth is another another thing. Yeah, I think childbirth will definitely put a a pause on lifestyle activities for a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> well, the the play box is damaged. <laughs> the play box, the fun box, <laughs> the fun box. <laughs> I mean, even if you get a cesarean, it's still quite a long recovery until you actually feel up to up to playing with people and getting involved in rigorous activities and feeling sexy probably might take a bit of time after giving birth and also you've got like a tiny human to take care of so who, you've got to wait who wakes you can. up yeah seven times a night and you have to breastfeed or give the bottle and yeah that sounds like a lot of work i understand how it would keep your mind off playing with uh, other people yeah i think pregnancy and childbirth will be quite an interesting topic to cover like even a whole episode on that and talking to someone who's been through that when they're in the lifestyle and oh, yeah. what their experiences were yeah we need to have a guest because it's not our case for now nope also more classic reason would be too much going on in normal life which is our case yay yeah. that's us i wouldn't call it actually burnout i would call it um lifestyle fatigue fatigue oh nice nice word i know lifestyle fatigue yeah that's how i feel about it this episode has a new name everyone it's lifestyle fatigue (laughs) and taking a break so i think we covered that fairly well in our intro when we're talking about ourselves but it can be it can be difficult if you're juggling a lot of balls at once if you're (laughs) if you're if you've got a new job, if you've got some family issues, if there's there's a huge list of stressors. Visitors. Yeah. Yeah. What's that what's that list? The top list of the top six things that are most stressful in life, like getting married, buying a house, having a child, starting a new job. I can't remember there's a Exams. couple of other ones. Exams, yeah. There's things like that. And I can imagine they would all contribute to to well, making other priorities. Object. Yeah. Other priorities. Yeah. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have when you, there's too much going on in an, in the lifestyle. And I would call that lifestyle burnout. When you've done so much that you're kind of saturating. You don't, it's enough. Yeah, too many parties. Yeah, too many late nights. And I know that... Too much dick. <laughs> or pussy. Too much pussy, yep. Um, you can I've, to... I've been feeling a bit like that in the past. And... I think for me personally, it was because uh, from doing so much, I ended up feeling a bit like a prey, if you will, and that everyone was after me. <laughs> I know it's not the case and it's probably just in my mind. Oh, of course they were. I mean, <laughs> look at you. But it's just, 
I'm sick of being chased and I want I want a break. I want to be able to breathe for a minute and without having people to want to have sex with me. <laughs> well, we live together, so... Yeah, that never happens. <laughs> well, from other people. Maybe when you go to work. But who knows? <laughs> Maybe when you're driving to work, you get that half an hour a day of peace. So, yeah, I think too much going on can also uh, trigger a bit of... Um, burnout and then the final reason which we have down here is relationship issues or just wanting to focus on your own relationship which is really paramount i would say yeah because this is that's why we all do this right to strengthen our relationships to experience new things with our partner so the most important thing is that our relationship with our partners is strong and preserved yeah that's I think that's one of the main points. It's time we talk about the lifestyle, checking in with your partner. And it means checking in during activities, but also when you're planning activities, that your partner is happy to to book whatever you're planning to book, that that trip, that... uh, That social, that meeting with anyone. Exactly. That club night, you're on the same page. And also sometimes you just need to stop with the playing with others and just play together and have date nights and just time to focus on each other and love each other. So true. So the next question is, what are a few challenges that you experience when facing lifestyle burnout? And the first one is something which we've actually faced as a challenge. And it's something which I'm not entirely sure what the answer is. And it's, it's something that I've been running through in my head quite a bit. And that is, how do you maintain relationships while you are having a break? Because your break might be a few weeks, or it could even be a few months. What's the best way to maintain your existing relationships with people? I think it's difficult because every relationship is different. And there might be some people you've you've seen a few times, and it's easy to tell them, well, um, we're having a bit of a break, but see you in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But there might be some people you've only met with once. And then how do you explain to them? And for all the people that you haven't met yet, you're kind of in the process of uh, chatting with online. And then all of a sudden you're, you're less active and they can think you're ghosting them or something. And it's hard to exp- harder to explain to people who don't know you. Yeah, because people generally aren't that good at rejecting you, at saying, thanks, we had fun, but not interested. So... A lot of what people use is, we are too busy, we'll message you later, and then never message you again. And it can easily come across as doing that. So I think we have to be extremely clear that we're having a break from lifestyle activities at the moment, we are still interested, and we will get in touch, and then making sure you actually follow through with that. Yeah. And it's on you the person who's having the break to follow through and get in, t- in touch again and get in contact again and say, hey, we actually do really like you. We We're do back. <laughs> Did you miss us? <laughs> uh, one of the other questions is, how long do we take a break for? When is it time to return? When you're ready. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and the next question after that. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you had a lot to say about it. So go ahead. It's it's really up to you as a couple, whether it's just a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or even indefinitely. Oh. oh. 
I think I'd have a hard time if we said indefinitely taking a break from the lifestyle. That would be really, that would be really difficult. Well, obviously, right now it's not the mom- it's not the moment to say that. No, but we don't know if maybe one day we will. Exactly, never say never. Um, but that's not something I want to never say never about. Uh, anyway, <laughs> each duration will have its own challenges. I think, and it really depends on what you as a couple, what reasons you as a couple have for stopping. But it's just important to make sure you communicate with your couple, with your partner or partners, what you actually want out of this break and how long you're expecting the break to actually be. So, for example, if one person wants to take a break for a couple months or even longer and they say to their partner, oh, I just want to have a break for a couple weeks and, you know, see how it goes. When, oh, a little bit mind. more, a little bit more. Sorry, I'm not ready yet. Exactly. And you keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back. The partner could be thinking, OK, it's just a couple of weeks. I'll I'm, make some plans. Yeah, I'll make some plans or have expectations to make plans in their head and they'll plan their personal life or even their thoughts around we're going to be doing something in the lifestyle again in two weeks time three weeks time whereas the other person is thinking two months three months time that can that could breed some frustration and resentment Mm -hmm. so once again communication is of the essence yeah is that the expression yes it is now I think it's time is of the essence, but you can uh, say anything is of the essence. Oh, well, communication. In the lifestyle, I would say it's more communication than time. Yeah. Uh, so just rip off the Band-Aid, so to speak, and be upfront. And it's easier to say, I want to have a break for six months now, rather than pushing it back. It's It gets it, the message clearly out there and doesn't create any false expectations. Although I'm not sure the person would necessarily know how long they want to take a break from for. They might be like, I want, I really need a break right now. I don't know how long it's going to take me. I will let you know once I'm ready to reconsider coming back. That's a good point. I think in that case, make Just, a date and yeah. have a conversation then say, I want to have a break to for at least a couple of weeks and then let's have a discussion again and see how we feel but at least keeping that communication open rather than just shutting down saying this is over on my terms and I'm not going to talk about it. Hmm. Anything else to say on that? No, I think it's an interesting subject. How do you manage and avoid burnout? Or fatigue. Sorry, fatigue. (laughs) How do you manage and avoid fatigue? I think you need to be mindful when you're booking those experiences those parties um, to pace yourself and to again communicate with your partner and to also make time for yourself as a couple I don't think it's just booking the lifestyle activities I think it's just booking everything in general in life making sure you leave time for each other and you make sure you're not spending all your time with your friends and then only seeing your partner when you're going to a lifestyle event that sort of thing that could put some strain on your relationship. Definitely. Um, it's, yeah. So have time for each other outside of the lifestyle. Just yeah. time to communicate and to just enjoy each other's company. And sit naked on the couch together and drink cider. Oh, yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, also, use a calendar. I used to be so terrible at actually writing things down when I made plans with people. I'm really conscious of time. Like you, you can back me up here. I'm someone who is very, very conscious about being late. I never want to be late to anything. I never oh. want to forget anything. I'd rather be there a bit early 
just leave plenty of time for the journey. It's, I don't know what it is, but I'm very focused on getting things done in time, being the right place, the right time. And strangely enough, I'm someone who's usually a bit late. Usually a bit late. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the most punctual person. I think that's partly because I'm French. I mean, it's a trait in a lot of French people. Um, we usually don't arrive on time. There's an expression about the 50 minutes of uh, 15 minutes of politeness where if you're invited somewhere for seven you'll come from 7:15 to give your host some time to get ready um, because they're they're late too <laughs> um, and I'm just really bad with time management that that's it I uh, I'm an optimist so I always think that things are gonna take me less time than I actually take um, and of, of course it stresses Kiwi out because <laughs> I know that if you need to take your shower and do your makeup and get dressed it took you two hours the last seven times you've done it so it's not going to take you one hour this time <laughs> anyway where, where was I going with that um, yes having a calendar even though I'm someone who's really conscious of time I used to never have a calendar I used to never write things down when I made plans with people but and then you'd forget to show up. No, I never, I never really forgot. But once we started getting into the lifestyle and we started booking more and more with a wider variety of people, that's when it started to become a lot more difficult to actually keep track of all that because suddenly our plans aren't a couple of weeks in advance, they're a couple of months in advance and suddenly we're all booked for two months in advance. We need to keep track of that. Yeah, I've always had a calendar, but I like an old-fashioned paper one. <laughs> a little diary in my handbag Google Calendar is really good you can share it with people uh, so if you can share it if, you, if you want to share it with your partner or partners and you can have different colour coding for different activities that sort of thing um, I don't use Google Calendar but I maybe we could good. get a sponsorship or something from Google why not <laughs> sharing is caring brought to you by Google I'm sure it's exactly the type of business they invest in <laughs> and I think the last point we have is to prioritise who you want to spend your time with and what you want to be doing um, in terms of, well, of course, your partner, but also people in the lifestyle, choose wisely. Yeah, there's a lot of people that get in touch with you and you do message a lot of people and you might even meet with them and things got on all right. But if you didn't feel a real connection, if you didn't actually enjoy your time with them and you wouldn't want to keep spending time with them, then it might be that you... It sounds terrible, but you tell them, sorry, we're not interested, or you put them lower on your priority of people that you want to meet, because you'd rather spend your time making good connections and... Exciting ones. Exciting ones with people who you really liked. And I think it's like dating. When, when you're single yeah. and you're on the dating market, um, if you go on dates with people and you don't have that much fun, you have fun, but you're not very excited at the prospect of seeing them again, you're not going to arrange a second date. Exactly. Un unless, unless you want to give them a second chance. But I guess in the lifestyle, it's slightly different. But yeah, and it's unfair on them as well if you're not actually that interested. Don't in waste their time. Yeah, yeah. Don't waste both of your time. Yeah. And there's so many people that you can always find another couple or single person that um, we'll be on the same page as you and have a fabulous time. Yeah, although I think we're spoiled living in London. There might be people in smaller towns who have to drive a very long way to try and meet people. Fair enough. Yeah, we, we ha we're lucky. There's so many people. Although, during our weekend away, 
with the apps we were using. There seems to be people everywhere, so yeah. that's true. Even in the middle of nowhere in Wales. It's okay in the end to not be meeting new people for a while. Just let people know if they contact you. Just be upfront. If you are getting a lot of people still contacting you and you don't want or don't have the time to respond, you can even take down your profile for a time. A lot of websites allow you to do this. That's actually a really good, a really good point. You don't have to have your profile up all the time. Or you can't even put a comment on your profile saying, we're not actually meeting new people at the moment. You don't want to be leaving it up there and potentially turning away people just because you're too busy, who you could have a good connection with. Yeah, because they might not come back or they might be... Um, they might take it. They might not take it the right way. Yeah. And when you come back saying, "Oh well, you were not available last time," no, no, oh, I don't know. And also, it can be <laughs> it can be subconsciously stressful to have a whole lot of unresponded or messages which you haven't responded to yet. Because I do like to respond to every message that comes in, at least to say, "Hi, thanks for messaging." No, we're not playing at the moment. Or you two look great, but we're not that interested at the moment. However it is, I think it's nice to actually respond to everyone who messages you. So if you've got a big list of unread emails or oh, unread messages... Oh, the, the full mailbox is definitely a stressful thing. Yeah. So anything else to say on lifestyle fatigue? <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's a good expression. I'm really happy with it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that a new thing now. We, we won't say lifestyle burnout, we'll say lifestyle fatigue. Because that sounds like you can just sleep it off and then start going again. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else to say. I think we've we've covered the main things. But I would be uh, really interested to hear about anyone who's experienced this and and hear what they've done about it and how it happened and everything. I want to share? Yeah, and if it changed the way which you treated the lifestyle or the way which you organised things going forward, or communicated with it. your partner. Yeah. Because yeah. I think about a similar time last year, we took a fairly long break from lifestyle activities. I think it was about three or four months. Yeah, I, I had enough. It, w- it was coming from me, I have to say. Yeah, and that's that was for a very different reason than this time. This time we were too busy. Last time it was too much lifestyle and focusing on our relationship. Yeah. And it was that feeling of being a prey that I mentioned earlier. I just had enough of of that (laughs) it sounds awful but that's how I felt can't control it without further ado we'll move on to our listener question so our listener question for this episode has come from a couple who contacted us on our reddit account it was a response to a review for Le Boudoir which we posted about a couple months ago so for a bit of context Le Boudoir is a club in central London and you have to send in photos for vetting before you can go along. It's um, a no-license club, so you, you can bring your own alcohol. And then they have a dance floor and nice playrooms. It's a really nice nice club. Yeah, maybe we should post a review somewhere at some point. Yeah, maybe we should just mention it in the podcast. Yeah, when we get to that point in our journey, we'll discuss Le Boudoir and we'll... We'll talk about a whole event because we've got the review, which is all the triggering memory points to go off. Yeah. So. Should I read it out then? Yes. Okay. So here's what that person sent us. We've been enjoying lifestyle clubs for a while now, but are a little nervous about Le Boudoir. We've seen a bunch of reviews where couples go and then... Sounds so much nicer when you say it. Le Boudoir. Le Boudoir. 
I, I did it on purpose, I have to say. <laughs> but it's a French name. I must as well use that unique skill that I have. The sexy French accent. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh. Um, we've seen a bunch of reviews where purple... Uh, <laughs> see, you've, you've thrown me off We're now. Purple. Okay. <clears throat> we've seen a bunch of reviews where couples go and then either get asked not to attend again or are not invited to attend in the first place. We are both conventionally attractive with a touch of alternative, so not too worried on that front. Our main curiosity is just what the crowd was like when you were there. We have been led to understand that fairly heavy people are basically not invited to attend. Our male half is a hair of normal BMI and female half is around size 14, 16, so we are not big, but we are not gym fit either. We are losing weight and firming up and have been for a few months now. Thanks, swinging. <laughs> but we are trying to figure out if we should get slimmer and fitter first before applying and attending or if we, ha- if we are already fairly average compared to the crowd there and would be safe to take the plunge. If you could share some thoughts as to what you saw with the average and lower ends of the crowds in terms of appearance, that would be really helpful in assisting us understanding the th- thresholds <laughs> much appreciated and thanks for the review from a couple of months ago <sighs> maybe i shouldn't read such long questions in the future wow well done <laughs> <sighs> so first of all thanks for getting in touch and i'm glad you found the review helpful i was wondering what you're doing you're waving your hand in front of you you're <laughs> so overheating <laughs> it was i don't know it's like an exercise it's just oh <sighs> it's reading in english trying to to make no mistakes and have a a correct accent you did you did good Uh, not sure woman did good (laughs) thanks for sending that through i'm glad the review was helpful i'm gonna open the window all right short intermission while she's opening the window and we're back i don't think it's very common for them to turn people away or ask them not to come back i think especially since they vet you beforehand so if, if you're looking anything like your photos, they shouldn't turn you off at the door. Turn you off? Turn you away. Turn you away. Exactly. And if they do, they're losing potential customers. So it has to be quite an extreme case. That said, there are definitely some scenarios which will result in you being denied entry and asked not to come back. And that's not just for Le Boudoir. I think that's for most clubs in general. Lifestyle clubs or all clubs? Lifestyle clubs. Yes. So for example, if you're a new member... And you send your photo in and you get approved to come along and you show up and the photo which you sent along is completely different to what you look like. Catfishing! Exactly. If you do that, you will be sent away. And that's a perfectly legitimate reason. So don't lie on your photos. You know, send a representative photo. That's something which is a good philosophy for all lifestyle activities on your on your profiles when you're sending even normal to dating don't, don't lie about what you look like be honest yeah you'll just disappoint both yourself and the other person the other person because they'll be expecting someone else and yourself because the person will probably walk away or just feel really awkward it makes everyone feel bad yeah even if you're really good looking and you send something completely different through that for me is just a really big red flag and personally I like to take representative photos. I prefer to under-promise and over-deliver. Oh, and you do over-deliver. Oh. The other major reason that some people might have trouble at a club is their behaviour. 
it's important to be aware of all the club's rules and follow them. So connect to their website and read the rules beforehand. Yeah, it's really important. For example, if they've got a dress code, you'll need to follow it. If it says no trainers and you turn up in trainers, they might have some shoes there for you to train change into. But it's more likely that they'll say, sorry, you can't come in. You have to go and get changed. I've had this issue before in CAP where ladies were expecting to wear high heels. And it was summer holidays. I was wearing flip-flops. <laughs> and they wanted me to put their high heels on. But they were way too big. And it was the kind the lacy one. Not lacy. How do you call it? Yeah, lacy ones. Strap where, ones. Where you put the laces around your ankle. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was so unstable. I would have really broken my ankle i think yeah and i was wearing what size 12 shoes that they gave me yeah right when i'm size eight and a half nine yeah, indian they were like oh that's fine you you can just keep your flip-flops on but oh, for you yeah oh. for me for me yeah, i still had to wear my shoes yeah but i think they were worried about health and safety and me hurting myself and myself and and potentially suing them i don't know <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> to be fair i only kept those shoes on for about one minute while we walked upstairs and they came straight off yeah but that's another story another example of your behavior is sadly i don't even think we should have to say that but consent if you're not following consent rules then you're going to be kicked out you're not going to be invited back you're going to have a bad time consent is so important i feel like we're speaking about consent during each episode well, it's important. I, it's something which should be talked about yeah, all the yeah. time. It shouldn't be something which you discuss once and then forget about. You've had that conversation. I think it's quite, um, what's the expression, contemporary with the Me Too movement and all that. Consent is, uh, has been uh, on the medias quite a bit. Yeah, people are actually starting to take notice of it. <laughs> it's something that people actively do rather than passively. Oh, yeah. She didn't say no, so... I'll do it. And also on the topic of behavior, it can also include behavior when you're at the door. So if you turn up at the door extremely drunk, are rude to the doorman, you're probably not going to get let in. Or the woman. Or door woman. The door person. The door person. Thank you. Oh, and generally, it's always so much nicer to be nice to people. Yeah. I don't understand why people are not nicer. Just like this weekend when we went to a place at night and there was a bouncer and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> A place at night. We went to a fish and chip shop that had a bouncer. <laughs> well, it was like midnight or something. And it was time where people were going to clubs or coming out of clubs and being a bit drunk. So they Thank had you. put a, a bouncer then. Yeah. Um, so we walked in, smiled, said hello to him. And it looked like it made his night. We yeah. were probably the first people that were friendly to him. <laughs> I made a point of trying to make him smile. <laughs> and I managed to. I was happy. You're good at making people smile. <laughs> Other than that, um, two big ones. Personal hygiene. I, I didn't even think that would be something that would happen. That you'd need to say. Yeah. It's so obvious. Yeah. Make sure you... Make sure you shower make before sure you, shower. you go out. <laughs> make sure you brush your teeth. <laughs> Do we really have to say Clean that? under your fingernails. <laughs> if you're going to a club, take some pride in your appearance. Change your underwear. Yeah. Um, if you're really messy as well, if you create a huge mess and you leave dirty tissues and condoms, condoms everywhere. lying all over a play area, you know, that does happen quite a bit. But I think that is, that is a potential to be asked not to come back if you do that, especially if you get asked to clean it up. 
by one of the staff members and you start being rude back. I think it's no more etiquette, really. It, yeah. It's just a lot of it that we're saying should be, um, what's the expression again? Self-explanatory? Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't have to say that to people. People should behave that way to start with. Just be a decent human, human being. being. And you'll be fine. But if we go specifically and talk about Le Boudoir on the night which we were there to actually answer your question. About the crowd. Yeah, about the crowd. I'd say there was a very varied crowd. Uh, it was a Saturday night, so it was a couples only night. We like our couple only nights. Yeah, we, we prefer couples only nights. We've only been to a couple places where single men have been allowed in. And yeah, it's, it's a very different vibe. It's a different atmosphere. I'd say the majority of people there on that night were in their mid-30s to mid-40s with quite a few people over 50 and a few under 30. Yeah, it was not super young, but it, it was normal, middle-aged. Yeah, I find in the lifestyle there are not that many very young couples as in early 20s. No, it's, it seems to be a lot less common. Although there's quite a few unicorns who are in their early 20s. I can't remember them. I have such a short-term memory. <laughs> Not at Le Boudoir that night. Oh, Just all right. Just in general. All right, then I remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think, as for most lifestyle events and places, there was a higher percentage of uh, conventionally fit people than if you were to take, for example, a random selection of people from a train station or even a, a normal club Yeah. at rush hour. Yeah. I think generally speaking, swingers clubs, people... People, people make are, an effort. Yeah, people make an effort. They know they're going to be naked around other people, so they take a bit more time in their appearance. Even the way they dress. I mean, it's usually a bit sexier, a bit kinkier. Um, they're well presented. Yeah, yeah. And look after themselves, yeah. But don't get us wrong, the club wasn't full of models or anything like that. Shame. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded that. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> but then would feel inadequate next to Yeah, else. yeah, I would feel self-conscious. But it, it really was just a club full of normal people who wanted to look their best for the night. And to finally answer your question, <laughs> if you're slightly over normal BMI, say size 14 to 16, you wouldn't have stood out. You, you wouldn't have been alone, in fact. Like, I feel like I can very safely say that you would be a lot of people's type. So thank you very much for your question and I hope that that helps you make your decision. And you never know, we might even see you there. Uh, you can't tell, but Sherry winked at the microphone there. Oh, we need a camera. <laughs> Maybe one day we will do video podcasts. Ooh. So if you want to submit a listener question or get in contact with us, we love hearing from you. You can find us on Twitter. We are Kiwi and Sherry. That's all one word. You can email us at kiwiandsherry at gmail.com and you can find our website at www.sharingiscaringpodcast.com And if you have a spare 10 seconds at the end of this podcast and you enjoy listening to us, please leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you are using and we promise to love you. Especially if you're in Capdate. Oh yes. Come and join us. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Sharing is Caring. Join us next time to actually continue our journey. And remember, sharing is caring.
So it's uh, swing a burnout. Swing a burnout. That's something we'll talk about today. Swing a burnout. <laughs> Fuck. You can't say it. Do you want me to say it? Burnout, burnout, burnout. Burnout. Lifestyle burnout, lifestyle burnout, lifestyle burnout. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, I'll, I'll just say that one because you keep speaking. You speaker. I'm greedy. Yeah.